My name is Matthew Battle with the Battle of Bunts Talking Property Podcast. Alan is away in sunny Devon with a dog called Boris. But anyway, let's not go there. But I am really pleased to be joined by my colleague, Hugh Blazer, who fits many of the qualities for this podcast interview. But most importantly, his second name starts with the letter B. Well, that's all I needed to get in. And I'm very delighted to be here. Looking forward to our chat with Philip. Yes, our guest today is Philip Campbell, Commercial Director at MEPC with responsibilities for Milton Park. I am so pleased that we've now got his time in the diary for the podcast and really looking forward to asking him questions about Milton Park and its role in the Oxfordshire ecosystem. The new local development order allows us to have more floor space. The kind of floor space cap, if you like, under the, the new local developer is 4.2 million square feet. And to put it into context, Milton Park today is about 2.8 million square feet. So more floor space, wider range of uses, in particular more amenity uses at Milton Park, taller buildings in certain pockets, and then there's some uh, enhancements to the kind of what we call the, the minor operational development provisions within the order as well, particularly in relation to an allowance for on-site renewables. So, really exciting. Welcome, Philip Campbell. It's so good of you to join us. I know we've talked about this for a while, but it's great that we've actually managed to get you into the podcast room, although we are actually on a Teams chat today. We're not at Haslam's in Reading, but that's all good. And I think it gives us also a chance to sort of have a broad discussion because we've got you in situ at Milton Park. Yeah, well, first of all, Matthew, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm sorry it's taken a little bit of time to get this in the diary, but it's really good to be here now. I am commercial director for MEPC. I am responsible for running Milton Park, really, for the for the JV partnership shareholders. Just a quick one. And again, I'm not here to sort of get too technical, but when you say JV, you mean a JV between... MEPC and Milton Park, is that right? So it's all held in a single MEPC uh, limited partnership and it's held for two pension funds. MEPC Milton limited partnership is the legal owner and the pension funds are the beneficial owners. So when I talk about the JV, uh, I mean the JV partnership essentially, which owns Milton Park. And just to go back one, again, a bit of ancient history there, it used to be an enterprise zone. Is that still relevant? Uh, An enterprise zone in the sense, and some of our listeners might not know, but Canary Wharf was an enterprise zone and there was various early enterprise zones and Milton Park was part of that. So for those who are listening to this that don't know where Milton Park is, so uh, or what Milton Park is, so we're a, a sort of circa 300 acre science and technology community in southern Oxfordshire. We are located a couple of miles from Didcot Parkway uh, Station, just off the A34, which is the, the dual carriageway which runs from Vista effectively down to Newbury connecting the M. The M40 and the M4 motorways. In terms of the kind of the history to Milton Park, it was originally farmland. It then became a military depot in the in the First World War. That use ceased in the 60s, and then Milton Park was sold off at auction in 1971. We still have the auction catalog, one of the auction catalogs in the office. So it was apparently it was sold off for £625,000. And then MEPC got involved in 1984. So we acquired another company at the time, English Property Corporation. And I think MEPC acquired it for its for its London portfolio, actually. And it kind of got Milton Park in the bag, if you like, as part of the portfolio. So, so that was in 1984. Um, 
and then in 1988, um, the management team at the time um, made a strategic decision to use uh, Milton Park as a vehicle um, to support um, science and technology companies. So companies that were starting to spin out of the university and the hospitals and the national science infrastructure around here. And that was a massively big and bold and brave, far-sighted decision because that was at a time when uh, Property World wanted 25-year leases from bulletproof companies. And these science companies couldn't do either of those things. So it was something that was really rather unfashionable. And it's just makes me chuckle a little bit, actually, to see how how fashionable that that whole sector has well, well, has now if, become. If, if I might say, in, in, incredible foresight. And because, yes, it has changed. We're going to come back to that. Hugh, as a past tenant, if I might say, just so that we declare your interest of Milton Park, what's your take on this evolution of the park? Which which took a very, if I just do segue, if you go further south to Thames Valley, let's say to Reading, you get a completely different tenant mix and a completely different strategy. So let's say Green Park or one of the other biggest business parks. So at the time, this was quite uh, radical is probably a big word for property. Q, what's your kind of take on that change of tenant mix which they adopted? Even in the short time, relatively short time that I was there, um, I, I ran a commercial property law firm. In fact, MEPC, Milton Park, were one of our major clients, which was partly the reason why we located on Milton Park. So the better to serve them, as it were. But but even in the short time, relatively short time, as I was just 10, 12 years, something like that, uh, you could see the evolution of the park from storage and distribution activity, which was quite significant, uh, may still be. Philip will be able to tell me better now that I've left than, than, than I know. But the clusters or the ecosystems of Meditech, which were arriving in numbers, were noticeable to say the least. It was almost like little mini campuses were building up in certain areas of the park. And when I used to go for my constitutional stroll at lunchtime around the park, trying to find a bit of woodland to to, to wander through and think about higher things than leases and, and legal management issues, you know, you notice these clusters building up. Philip tells a bit more about who the clusters were comprised and, and who, who were coming in and, and, and why they decided to locate at Milton Park. It's massively relevant. Organisation clustering together and I, I guess you know a big part of our role really is is to you know make Milton Park a really attractive place that these organizations want to come to and can interact with each other I mean I heard the term spatial alchemy the other day which I rather liked but yeah uh, you know that's a big part of our role is creating that that spatial alchemy for that that clustering to happen and just to give you some so add some context to that so um I guess life sciences is the biggest um, the biggest kind of sector at Milton Park Life Sciences and Healthcare. Um, and I think something like um, 50% of the income, our rental income now at Milton Park is from that kind of life sciences and healthcare cluster, if you like. Energy, battery technology are also big cluster here as well. Uh, Hugh, you've got any additional questions on that? I was quite interested in discussing where, how you attract your tenants to, to Milton Park. I mean, I get the impression that they are... That they are they are coming out of the university, coming out of the hospitals, as you mentioned earlier, but but it's almost in this almost in their second or third phase of growth that they're coming to you because we know apocryphally at least the new innovation, the spin-out companies from the university hospitals like to be 
in the centre of Oxford or close to the um, the hospitals and the, the many campuses of, that there are which um, comprise hospital services in Oxford. But but they must grow up in one bigger space and I imagine that, that that is why they're coming to you. I think the, the, the wonderful thing about Milton Park is it's of a scale that you know we can accommodate any organization really of w- whatever their size or stage of growth so we've got the scale i haven't really talked about it before now but we we've also got a simplified planning regime here at milton park so we've got a thing called a local development order and the current local development order was put in place in in 2012 and that is a uh, a policy effectively that sits across um, the whole of Milton Park um, and allows us to get um, planning consent within parameters on 10 days notice to the planning authority. And I can talk about a bit more about that later. And then, uh, so we've got the scale, we've got the simplified planning. And then, you know, because everything is held in a single ownership, um, it's it's very easy to um, accommodate companies scaling, and that's you know that's what these technology companies do. They they you know they scale and they can scale um, very quickly. So so actually having all those key ingredients enables us to to really accommodate whatever size or, or scale of growth. And we've got some we've had some fantastic sort of company growth stories of you know companies here who've started in in, in our innovation center and you know, there's one one particular company who started here um i think 2016 they're in innovation center i think in about a thousand square feet and i think they're now in ninety thousand square feet so that scale and, and those ingredients enable us to accommodate you know these companies in that way so you, you are growing your own as well as attracting them from other centers yeah very very much so and actually there's i, I don't know if you've seen it but uh advanced Oxford in the last week or so released a an update report on the Oxford innovation engine so this is a a report that looks back at uh, a previous report was done in 2013 on the Oxfordshire innovation engine and then uh, also looks forward to, to recommendations and you know one of that the things that um that sort of comes out of that is that you know Oxfordshire as a county, not just Milton Park, but Oxfordshire County is, is very good at kind of of grow, as growing its own in terms of you know, you know businesses, if you like. Just to go back one step in terms of the planning regime, is that a, is that a hangover, so to speak, from the enterprise zone to a certain yes, extent? Sorry, I didn't answer your enterprise zone question. You didn't. Did I? I noticed that. I dodged, I dodged that. I didn't mean to dodge it, but enterprise zones or the current round of enterprise zones essentially were a thing that were, were introduced in 2011. I think it was. So it was just after local enterprise partnerships were formed and one of the first thing that the coalition government asked the, the elects at that time was to kind of nominate enterprise zones in their area and the science vale region where milton park sits was nominated as an enterprise zone area off the back of that there was encouragement from government for all enterprise zones and i think there were 24 at the time across the uk to introduce simplified planning regimes i'm not sure anybody else other than us actually Actually did it, but but essentially that is where the the local development order first came from, and that has been game changing in terms of enabling us to support these growing companies. I think there has been something like six hundred thousand square feet of development here since that local development order was adopted in fourteen different buildings. You may recall we did a we did a bit of work in twenty nineteen, I think it was, on the sort of twenty forty vision for Milk Park. So 
looking at what the place would look like in 20, 25 years' time and and thinking about the steps that we needed to take now to get there. And that vision really was kind of is kind of predicated on three things in a sense. One is about you know increasing science and technology. Number two is about Milton Park becoming slightly less 95 and slightly more 27, so more of a sort of um, an innovation district, but retaining the green space is very important to people. Number three is the kind of whole net zero piece sort of threaded threaded through that. And what came out of that vision was that whilst the 2012 local development order was is brilliant, actually it doesn't quite fully align with that 2040 vision. So a piece of work we've been doing over the last 18 months or so is to is to work with the Velawar the, the Horse District Council, who've been uh, incredibly supportive to refresh the local development order. So we're now in a situation where we have a, a new approved local development order, which will be adopted once we complete a new Section 106 agreement. I guess the difference between the new local development order and the previous de- local development order is the new local development order allows us to have more floor space. The kind of floor space cap, if you like, under the, the new local developer is 4.2 million square feet. And to put it into context, Milton Park today is about 2.8 million square feet. So more floor space, wider range of uses, in particular, more amenity uses at Milton Park, taller buildings in certain pockets. And then there's some uh, enhancements to the kind of what we call the, the minor operational development provisions within the order as well, uh, particularly in relation to allowing allow for on-site renewables. So really exciting. It is very exciting because I think, you know, one of the objectives of what I'm trying to get to is what does a business park, and I know that you don't like the word business park, which I apologise, you've probably got a better word, what, what, what do you call it if it's not a business park? What do you call it, an enterprise park? I don't, I don't mind the word business park, actually, but we think of ourselves as a science and technology community. What does a science and technology community or a business community look like in the future? What you've described is, is, is potentially a sort of model for that. And I think with post-COVID world we live in, business parks as a, as a general discussion have to evolve very quickly. One thing I noticed, you you talked about the need for low carbon, green space. They're kind of slight oxymoron because that means creating more placemaking, I suppose, or more open space within the park, which is not ironically full of offices or whatever you put in there. How are you going to go about that? We're working incredibly hard on that agenda at all sorts of levels. You know, one key focus for us over the last few years has been green travel. And we've done a lot around that. One of the things we did during the pandemic is we changed bus arrangement. So prior to the pandemic, we had a effectively a sort of private shuttle bus, which was also a registered service that transported people who worked at Milton Park back and forward to Didcot Parkway Station. And the deal was you you, you bought a, pa- a pass for, I think it's £20 a year, and you got the free travel to and from the station at Milton Park. During the pandemic, we, we changed that model. I have to say I was slightly nervous about it because, you know, having a private service, you feel you have quite a lot of control but actually what we we did we moved to a kind of public subsidy model where we agreed a deal with Thames Travel and we effectively subsidised the bus service and in return get services and in return we also have the kind of the £20 a year pass for people who work at Milton Park but we've been able as part of the deal we've been able to extend that zone to include the whole of Digcot Zone 1 as they call it and some of the outlying villages and that has been absolutely game changing 
changing in terms of modal shift. I think in our last travel, we recorded something like 52% of single occupancy car vehicles coming to Milton Park, which is frankly unheard of for a, for a place such as this. And our, our bus passenger numbers have doubled on pre-pandemic levels. So that's just kind of one piece of the jigsaw that we're working very hard on in terms of, you know, all of our refurbishments and do you want to tell us about what you did with the bee house? Because that's a very, very interesting story about repurposing and, and and helping to achieve a net zero, I would have thought, in addition to the placemaking, of course, which um, which it sort of links into. Yeah, so the bee house was a building that we built as a, as a pre-let in 1999, I think it was, for a company called RM, Research Machines, who were the second spin-out, I think, from Oxford University in 1973, 14 years after the first spin out they're doing them a bit faster these days when we designed the building they said we want you to design a fantastic new hq building for us and actually we want to have extra parking with it and we want to have the ability to expand so we came up with this notion of a three-story building with effectively a ground floor undercroft car park which could be converted back to lettable space at at a future date should that be required and when rm vacated the building and moved across the road a, a few years back you know, it presented the perfect opportunity, actually, for us to repurpose the building into a new co-working space at the Bee House. And, you know, we wanted to do that for many reasons. We wanted to do that because we knew there was a demand for more flexible space. We wanted to do that as kind of part of our, you know, amenity improvement programme. You know, we've got fantastic cafe, fantastic meeting and sort of networking space here. You know, and again, bringing the community together. And actually, we wanted to do that as well to give ourselves and our, you know, our team a kind of better front of house really so yeah and absolutely right Hugh we've uh, saved uh, you know it's a refurbishment and we've saved tons of carbon in the process your noisy neighbours and when I say your noisy neighbours it's interesting to see Harwell yesterday announced they got 300 million quid raised to develop Harwell campus do you see if I might say the cluster of Harwell and Milton Park as a real asset or do you see that in a different way we're all part of the same ecosystem you know I think it's a fantastic ecosystem. The National Science Infrastructure at Harwell, the National Science Infrastructure at Cullum, the two universities, the two hospitals are all absolutely vital components of the ecosystem. And, you know, is there competing space at Harwell? Yes, there probably is competing space at Harwell compared to Milton Park. But, you know, I, I think that's a good thing, actually. I think that's a good thing because I think it, it keeps us all on our toes. It keeps us all doing our best. That's good for the you know, I think for the the end user occupier, and ultimately, it's for those end user occupiers to choose to choose which site is m- most appropriate for them. So, you know, I'm delighted to have all this stuff on our doorstep. And I guess it's a leading question towards the golden triangle and the value of that, and the the sort of bigger discussion that that if if you're, for example, an American investor, you look at the golden triangle. You don't look at particularly Oxford or Cambridge or London. You look at that whole ecosystem. Do you do you agree with that, or do you shy away from those sort of comparisons or or that or that discussion? I am fully supportive of the the kind of the power of the golden triangle and the, you know the power of the the Oxford Cambridge arc. I think we all play better together. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. And I think the next sort of iteration of this is is how the golden triangle will will evolve, which I think is really interesting and. It, it, it's power 
to attract new investment. I mean, recently, uh, um, you, you mentioned about Avance Oxford, and Oxford, Avance Oxford is obviously a key part of the discussion now and the team there. But also, there's the Oxford-Cambridge partnership. Do you interact with that, and do you see value of that? It's sort of replaced the ARC conversation, and it's moved now into its next iteration. Is that something you engage with? Yes, is the answer. I was talking to someone from the Oxford Partner- Cambridge Partnership last week. Of course, there is the Oxford Cambridge Partnership, which is the kind of the public sector driven piece. My sense is that is really getting its act together now. And I think there's been a managing director recruited, I think I saw somewhere. Yeah, um, and, and there's other roles. And then alongside that, there is this emerging Oxford Cambridge supercluster board. I think it's very much the kind of the, the private sector piece of this. Yeah, I don't know so much about the supercluster board. I know I think I think I'm right in saying Bidwells are quite involved in that, and there may be some other key partners involved in that. But but it's probably something we need to find out more about from our point of view. Hugh, have you got uh, any more burning questions there? Well, the the, the arc is, is, has been a, a long-running and very interesting debate. It's been described as being on, and then it's been described as being off. But um, I think it is there. It's a presence. And it's just a question of how you maximise the benefits that can be derived from the activities which are going on in the ARC, enhance the remainder of the United Kingdom from those activities. We know that, that there are there are connections being made from the ARC. So this notion that it is just a concentration of, of, of resources and investment into a very narrow area of the country is misplaced. I, I don't know whether you've seen any signs of that, Philip, of, of activities that are going on either in Milton Park or in the our area generally spreading out like mushrooms underground in the rest of the country. I mean, there's some great examples of that actually here in the recently launched advanced Oxford 2023 innovation engine report, actually. And it's it sort of slightly starts to get under the skin of what the kind of Oxfordshire ecosystem is doing in terms of investment, not just in the UK, but in in other parts of the world. And, you know, I think there's some really important stories to tell there. That report starts to do that in a a very small way, really. On that note of all of us, I think we should call it a day and thank you on behalf of myself and Hugh Philip for joining us on our podcast. Thank you very much. Nice to see See you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hugh, how did you feel that went? I must admit, I really enjoyed Philip's overview. Um, I think the thing I took away from it was the evolution of Milton Park, from my memory being a an enterprise park, into something now. I mean, I think he said four million square feet. Is that right? I wouldn't know what the precise figures are, but it's, it, it, it used to be described as the largest business park in the UK, mixed-use business park in the UK. But it's been there for a very long time, so it's got quite a lot of legacy buildings there, large distribution buildings, big sheds, effectively. They're affecting this transformation, gradual transformation, into a much more high-tech 21st century operation, which can't fail to impress. And, and, and a lot of buildings, even though they're, they're tech buildings, they are very attractive. They've been well designed. They fit into the landscaping. They're spending a lot of time on landscaping, placemaking, making it a, a more attractive place to be and encouraging people to come and, and to be there. You talked about the bus service that they've expanded into the villages nearby so that people don't get in their cars. And I think it's it's it's, it's a slow burn, but a very perceptible one. And I think the other interesting thing we, we tried to was connected with the Golden Triangle. And I guess what I'm trying to 
do there is to understand how Milton Park is is reacting to this energy which is being created by the Golden Triangle and in the life sciences sector. And it seems like they're grasping it with both hands and the park is probably going to become a model for other business parks in the Golden Triangle. I think they're all different, even though they may be doing similar things. I think they've got. I don't think there is a. I don't think there's a cookie cutter approach to creating these business parks. I think they're all different. You are still a lawyer, for might say, by sitting on the fence. <laughs> I, need, I needed to get off the fence. And well, what would you say? What would you say? I mean, you, you know, I, you know. Well, I would say yes because they've got innovation at the centre of the discussion, and they're trying to embrace that. We talked about clusters and all how demand and all of that. And I think that's a really interesting discussion. Milton Park is doing their interpretation of it. And I think Harwell is. Yeah, I think clusters, it's, it's, it's the word of the moment. Ecosystems is the, is the preferred word by some of our... Um, our correspondence, but um, but essentially yep. we know what we, we know what we talk. Just very quickly, we talked about you know a bit more about the advanced Oxford connection. What 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 was that piece of work? Do you know much about that? So advanced Oxford, as our listeners may know, is um, is is an organisation which is which is established to promote Oxford businesses, and they have recently published a report on activity in Oxford, which they have called Oxford's Innovation Engine 2023, subtitle: A Scientific Supercluster Looking back looking forward it's an interesting quite dynamic publication 60 or 70 pages which we're going to report on fairly soon that is reflective of what has been going as it says it's looking for looking back looking forward it's reflective of what's been happening and what is going to be happening in and around the oxford abingdon didcot up to banbury over towards bister uh, parts of, uh, of the county right okay on that note thank you q for standing in for alan it's been a pleasure very enjoyable uh, very enjoyable encounter with philip and um well look forward to standing in for alan again <laughs> 